speak <laughs> to uh, speak with you this morning. Uh, some have said it's getting a testimony, but for me, it's really not a, a testimony. Uh, it's more um, a, a um, opportunity that I had that I'm so thankful that I, I took advantage of. And I'm going to kind of go in a different route, not necessarily talk about the uh, ministry or mission that I'm a part of, but how we all sort of fit into uh, the, the, um, the series that Pastor Bud has been speaking about, Go and Make Disciples, because we all have that uh, challenge. We all have that charge of the Great Commission to go and make disciples. And those of us that have been coming up here the past few weeks, we're no different than any of you out there. And we're just sharing with you uh, ways in which we got involved. When I moved to California, and you heard when I spoke a long time ago, if you were here, uh, we lived in California for five years, uh, three. <laughs> While I was there, <laughs> Keisha was still in Maryland, and I was in California by myself for about a year, right? Okay. All right. Uh, at the church that we attended, I was in the audience just as you. There was a guest speaker. Uh, and he was talking about the prison ministry. And I had never considered being involved in the prison ministry. Uh, was not something that was on my mind. But at that time when he was speaking to me, it was as if God was saying to me, listen to, to what he's saying. So I began to uh, think about, is that something that I want to do? W what I want to kind of talk about is when we try to uh, go and make disciples, there are certain traits and characteristics that we have to have that we have to allow God to use in us to make us go and make disciples. And so as I was sitting there in that, that chair listening to him talk about it, knowing I know nothing about the prison ministry, being afraid of getting involved in the prison ministry, uh, you know, they're criminals, they've done things that are wrong, all those things go through your mind. Uh, but what we have to have to go and make disciples is we have to have a servant's attitude, uh, a servant's heart. So our hearts have to be open to what God is trying to tell us. So from there, I prayed about it, and then I decided that it would be something that I want to do. The other quality of characteristics that we have to have is we have to be selfless. We have to realize that for us to go and make disciples, it's really not about us. God wants to use us to go and witness or minister to someone. Um, there's the, the literal term of go and make disciples where we literally go and talk about God and we try to um, tell someone to come to, to Jesus. Uh, that's, that's the literal way, but there's also the alternative ways in which we use mission and various ministries that we all get involved in that can also bring others uh, to Christ. And so by me being involved in prison ministry, uh, not knowing what I was getting into. Uh, that first day when I went in, when I went to California, it was with juveniles. So these were, uh, they were probably young as 13 and as old as, as, as 18. Uh, but they had done um, some pretty bad things. Uh, um, when, it's interesting, when, I, when, when you go and meet them, they're just as meek and humble as, as can be. You would never think that they had even done anything. But, uh, but they had, so, so for me it took a lot of courage, and that's another characteristic and quality that we have to have. 
we have to have courage to act on what God has given us to do. No matter how you think you're not ready for it or how you think you're not prepared for that opportunity, uh, we have to have that courage and, and God can give us that. Another uh, characteristic we need is faith. Faith that by God using us as a vessel, God using uh, our experiences, the knowledge that we have that we can actually go and lead someone to Christ or go and minister to someone and be involved in their lives. So by being involved in that ministry, uh, I could see that we were having an impact. Even if, you know, half the time we just talk about what's going on in the world, uh, but we try to, to, to infuse uh, Jesus and, and our walk into that. But a lot of times they are just interested in just having someone uh, to, to, to talk to. Uh, the other thing is to, to be open-minded to what God has in store for you. Uh, a lot of times, as I say, with, with these young men, here uh, in volunteering in this area, I um, volunteer at the um, Lehigh Valley Prison. They're older. They're like 25 to 50 to, to 60. So they're more my age. Uh, they kind of know more about what's going on in life and, and, and what the experiences are, so you can get more in-depth and one-on-one and talk about really things that, that we can all uh, relate to. But the key for the prison ministry is also to sort of meet them where they are, because a lot of them don't know Christ, but they're, but they, they're, but they're interested, uh, but they don't know how, or they, they haven't given much thought or time to uh, wanting to learn and know about Christ. Uh, so you have to sort of meet them where they are. I mean, they're using foul language. They're talking street and various things. So you can't go in and, and just try to uh, more or less uh, try to say that you shouldn't act this way or be this way. You sort of have to meet them where they are and begin to minister them, to them at that point. And then uh, another uh, characteristic or trait is to not condemn or judge them, you know? And when I'm there, I always tell them, I could be right where you are. Uh, there's no way that I didn't do things that I probably could have been in jail for too. Uh, it's just that they got caught, you know? And I think they understand that and, and they appreciate that. One of the other things they appreciate is also the fact that you took time out of your day to come and see them. A lot of times their family members, wives, children don't come and visit them. So in, as we go and make disciples, I'm talking about the prison ministry, but also in other ways in which you get involved, uh, uh, ministries that you're involved with, we all have the same challenge to go and make disciples. So how we do that and the courage that we have and the open-mindedness that we use, uh, being not judgmental if you're talking to someone about Christ who doesn't know Christ. Uh, we can't just assume that they... Uh, or where we are in our walk, or that they can get where we are in our walk overnight. It is a, a, a process. And then the last one is uh, obedience. As I said, we've all been charged with the uh, Great Commission to go and make disciples. So we must be obedient to this. Uh, it, uh, it is our part, our part and what we need to do, and I always tell them when I'm in the prison, my job is just to present the word. I can't make you uh, follow Christ. I can't make you fall in love with Jesus, but I can tell you uh, about him and share my experiences and others' experiences with them. 
Our job as Christians is to present the word. God plants the seed and God makes it grow. Uh, and I say that to say that sometimes, uh, you know, it, uh, the, the, the meeting is on a Tuesday, Monday, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to go, I really don't know, Tuesday comes, ah, but every time, every time I just make the decision to go when I don't want to go, I get more out of that meeting than probably they do. So what I realized was that when God says go and make disciples, it's not just for us to go and change someone else's life. It's also he wants to change our lives. So we have to be obedient uh, to his word. So that's all I have to say. Thank you, Stefan. Let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you for being such a wonderful, awesome, and loving God, Lord, a God of, of personal relationships, Lord. And I thank you for this time this morning of fellowship and worship to praise your name, Lord. And I ask as um, I begin to talk this morning, Lord, that you would fill me with your spirit so that everything that I say is true to your word, and I pray these things in your son's name. Amen. So this morning we're, we're finishing up <clears throat> on um, Go, which is from uh, Matthew 28. Uh, and um, uh, Stefan pretty much gave the sermon. So uh, uh, thank you very much. No. But a lot of the things that he was saying is quite true with regards to, to what this command is. Um, Bible that, uh, version that I like the most is, is the message uh, by Peterson. And, and so I've kind of all the scripture that I'm going to read this morning is, is taken from, from, from uh, the message. So um, Matthew 28, 18, 20. I'd like to kind of go through this and just kind of pick up on some other pieces to this. Uh, Stefan did a great job of kind of coming up with a lot of the pieces that are there, especially even obedience at the end. Um, but Jesus said, Jesus undeterred went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you to go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you as I do this day after day, right up until the end of the age. So I kind of imagine sometimes when I'm reading scripture you know, that I'm kind of actually there in, in, in the place of, of the disciples as Jesus is talking and so, and I think many of us, as we have been going through the go part of things, I think we, it's hard for us to kind of relate. A lot of times we think, oh, you know, the going part, well, that's, that's for the pastor, okay, or that's for missionaries, or that's for the Sunday school teachers, uh, et cetera. Um, and so I kind of imagined uh, uh, that the disciples, when they, when they heard that they had to uh, actually uh, 
instruct everyone they meet, not just the people in church on Sunday, but everyone they meet, I can imagine him, them saying, uh, yeah, right, okay, uh, you know, I, I can't, uh, uh, I'm not very good at instructing, I'm not a, I'm not a professional teacher, uh, I'm a little introverted, uh, I'm a little shy, I, I, can't, I can't get up and talk in front of people, so, so, so you know, uh, I'll do the baptizing part, but I'll leave the instructing part to, to, to the other people. Um, so, again, I think sometimes our fear catches up with us when it comes time to have to go, all right? And, and that fear can paralyze us. And so I'd like to kind of just take this apart a little bit and kind of look at it from a little bit uh, different uh, realm, okay? Um, again, all the different excuses that we come up with when it comes time to go, uh, you know, that, that we're, we're fearful or that we're not good enough or... Uh, there's something that you know will block me from being able to do this uh, the way I wish to do it. Uh, so you know, uh, I'll leave that to somebody else. Um, is is part of what we have to be careful about, because really, um, it it that command is not just from for the disciples back then. It's for each and every one of us now, if we claim to be believers in Jesus Christ. I attended a wedding once um, in a church, and after the wedding, we got up to leave, and there above the doors leaving the sanctuary was in big, bold print, you are now entering the mission field. You're now entering the mission field. And I looked at that and I thought, wow, what a powerful message to give each and every one of us on a Sunday morning before we leave church, that that's exactly what we need to do. Okay? We're entering the mission field, and we need to go. Okay? In some respects, what go means is, and uh, Matthew uh, is trying to tell us here, is that we are all missionaries as, as believers in Jesus Christ. So if it's our commission okay, and command, all right, to train others in, in this Christian way of life, how do we go about doing that? Well, we know that God has given each and every one of us certain gifts, okay? And that's a wonderful thing. And that we're all also a part of the body of Christ. So if we're all a part of the body of Christ, a body's made up of all the different parts. So we can't all be the head or the mouth or the ears, okay? Some of us need to be arms, hands, shoulders, legs, feet. And perhaps sometimes I imagine myself as a, the toenail on the baby toe. So that's important for us to, to understand because when we start coming up with excuses as to why I'm not able to go and that fear starts to grab a hold of us, we have to remember that we have. God has given us what we need to do what we need to do. And we have to have faith and trust in God that His Spirit will help lead us to that. So, again, some of us have been called, okay, to become missionaries, okay? 
Some of us have been called to become ministers. Some of us have been called to be uh, leaders in Sunday school, teachers in Sunday school. And then that leaves the rest of us, okay? Let me see the hands. How many people have gotten stuck in a home project that we thought, ah, I'm not going to call the plumber. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to call the electrician. I can, I can do this myself. Who's done, who's done that, huh? Okay, all right, no, he's good, good, all right. Now, out of that, how many of you, when you're really stuck, you pull your cell phone out and you Google how to fix a stuck toilet, you know, all right? And then the, the, the Google takes you to a YouTube, which shows you exactly how to do it right, okay? All right? So when we think about this, perhaps the best way to instruct somebody is by showing them. Showing them how to do what they need to do. So again, some of us may not be really good at teaching. We may not be good with words. Maybe we're too introverted to even use the words that we have. But perhaps as being Christians, we can show everyone that we meet near and far this way of life and showing them and demonstrating that in our own lives. Maybe that's the answer when we start to get a little fearful. So perhaps this commission, if we think of it that way, that instructing people and teaching them in the way of Christianity is really more about just showing them the way in our own lives, day in and day out. So perhaps the commission isn't as daunting as it first seems when we hear that and read that scripture. <clears throat> Any of you oldsters like myself remember that old hymn, Living for Jesus, a life that is true, striving to serve him in all that we do. Well, perhaps it can be just as simple as that. Remember that Jesus has sent his Holy Spirit to us, and he promised that right before he ascended into heaven. I will be sending you a helper. And through that Holy Spirit, <clears throat> we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So he sends his Holy Spirit to us, but part of the job that we have if we're going to go into the world and act on a day-to-day -day basis in our everyday lives, at everyday work settings, uh, at home with our kids, if we're going to do that, first thing we have to do also is to tune in to the Holy Spirit. Each and every day, that's a new task for us. His mercies are new every morning. And so we have to, to remember that one of the most important things we can do to help ourselves is to ask the helper into our lives to help us throughout the day. Because that's where the power comes. Really, most of what we do in, to further his kingdom really when we try to do it by ourselves, when we try to go it alone, we fall flat on our face. But when we actually tune into the Holy Spirit and let Jesus take over our lives, it becomes quite easy because we have a helper in the Holy Spirit that fills us and helps us move forward and to do the things and to show others that life. So,
I'm missing a page. Don't you hate when that happens? Okay. Maybe it's stuck together here. No, I don't think it is. No. Yeah, here it is. <clears throat> In Isaiah 58, uh, verses 9 through 12, um, Actually, Peter's entitles this, this, this passage, A Full Life in the Emptiest of Places. A Full Life in the Emptiest of Places. If you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins, if you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. There's that word again, go. So what Isaiah is saying that God is, is sharing with him is that we show, if we show mercy and live righteous lives, then we'll start to glow. We'll be a bright and shining light. Sounds very familiar to a New Testament scripture which can be found in Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. Jesus said, Let me tell you why you are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're, the light, you're here to be the light bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So perhaps again, completing our commission to instruct others by showing, we also need to just shine and reflect God's light. Last night there was a full moon out, and I did some Googling myself, and actually last night the moon was 251,740 miles from Earth. It was beautiful. Actually, Joanne uh, Markowitz uh, posted on Facebook a, a picture of it in her backyard. But those of you guys who, who may be stargazers uh, know that when there's a full moon out, isn't really a good time to stargaze. It's not a good time if there's a meteor shower and it coincides with a full moon. It really isn't a very great time to see the meteors because the brightness of the moon blocks out all but the brightest of stars and planets in the sky. So when we think about that, yet the moon sitting up there, as bright as it can be on a, full, a night of full moon, doesn't generate a one beam of light. Not one. It merely reflects the light of the sun. How wonderful it would be, again, if we as 
Christians remember that our job really is merely to reflect God's love in our life. And if we can do that and reflect God's love, and people see that, now we're, we're instructing them by demonstration, by simply reflecting God's love in the world. So I hope that gives some thought to the Great Commission, and I hope that as we leave the church today, too, that you'll, you'll think about those words that we're actually leaving and going into the, the missionary field as we leave the, the parsonage today, or the sanctuary today. So this past week, I hope you've all been participating in, in the uh, Matthew 25 challenge, okay? If, if you haven't, I would encourage you to do so. I don't know if there's anything, I mean, it's kind of neat to do that as a whole congregation. But the materials are there, so if you didn't get a chance to, to, to tie into that link, you can certainly go back and do that, and they'll send you all the links to the various things that we did each day. But it, it, it's been a, a, a very thought-provoking week because in this country we take so many things for granted. So this past week, again, we've met uh, a boy named Ikai, 12, from Kenya, who goes hungry every day. We met a girl, Sheru, five, who walks close to four miles each day with a tea kettle to get clean water with her family, because a tea kettle full is all she could carry that distance. We met Ali, 13, whose family came, uh, became refugees in Lebanon to flee the war in Syria. We met Marie, who lives in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, who had to stop attending school because her family could not buy and afford a uniform. We met Moni. She lives in Cambodia. Cambodia, and Rosemary, nine, from Zambia, all whose lives were changed by being sponsored by somebody through World Vision. World Vision pointed out in one of those videos that for every one child that's sponsored, actually there's three or four other people that are, are benefited by that sponsorship because they've built a well in that village so they don't have to walk so far, that they have clean water, so that they've also built a school so that all the children could go to school. So I'd like to take the opportunity this morning, and I hope I have some folks take me up on this, and you don't have to come forward, okay? But I would like, if you've gone through the challenge, I want to give everybody or anybody who would like to speak an opportunity. You don't have to give a long, detailed thing, but if there's something that stood out this week with regards to your experience and or tickled your, 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 your thoughts on this, um, um, I give an example on the day that um, uh, we, uh, we were supposed, chore was to carry the water. Um, I have to admit, I didn't go out and take a, a jerry can of water and have it uh, five miles away uh, or one mile away. Um, but what I did do is I got to thinking very much about what that must mean to those people and how, how easy it is for me just without thinking, go to the faucet in the kitchen, turn it on, and turn it off. And I thought, I don't even just have one faucet in the house. I started counting them all up in all the bathrooms and the tubs and the, and the outside faucets as well. And there's 12. I came up with 12. And I had to stop and think about that. 
I mean, it didn't, if you just ask me, you know, how many faucets you have? I, was, well, I don't know, lots, <laughs> probably. So how we really take things for granted. So if there's anything that stuck out through this that you learned by your doing this, if you, you followed everything, again, one of the nights we were supposed to sleep on the floor, uh, we went without uh, lunch one day and had rice and beans for dinner, um, and, and there was a few others on there as well. So uh, I'll come around with the mic. Does anybody have anything they'd like to, to add about their experience this past week? Be bold. Oh, way in the back. They're hiding on me. Yes, you may. Okay. Um, so we didn't do the whole challenge, admittedly, because life got busy, which is sad to say. But we did the rice and beans one. Mm -hmm. And um, so our, we have a bunch of kids. And there were two who were two years old and four years old. And I told the older ones, they're not going to do it because they're too little to go without food for, you know, for lunch. And I just started crying. And I said, like, imagine watching your little brother or sister go without food. Mm -hmm. And I think that resonated with them. Mm -hmm. And they did the challenge. And you know, the older ones, they went without. And it was hard to watch them not have food. But just that thought of like, they're too little to go without food. But there's babies and little kids that do all the time. Thank you, Amy. Others? Luke? Yeah, uh, I just want to add that doing the challenge, um, it was up on the screen last week to, to text the M25 to a specific number. Mm -hmm. And when you do, you're getting text messages throughout the day to kind of help you. And I really didn't know where they were going with the whole text messaging thing. And then on Monday, during the time that I would be eating lunch, I get the text right at that time saying like, oh, now's the time that you would be you know, probably wishing that you had lunch. Well, here's a video of, you know, what's going mm -hmm. on to over 600 million people in the world. That mm -hmm. was like really good motivation throughout the right times of the day to see that as well. And then um, the Facebook chatter too was also kind of neat that we had going on because mm -hmm. then I went on Facebook and saw Amy had kind of posted about it and was like, oh, we can share kind of how we're going through it and, and what we have too. So uh, I, that, that was my experience and it really helped too with the, text messages that, that we were getting. They were really good videos. I just thought the whole thing was really well done and helped to understand what it's all about. Okay. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> Anybody? Oh, yeah. Kathy. Well, I have to say, I did do it each day, although um, I, I got a headache from the no coffee. And um, I didn't hurt my back like they <coughs> said on the floor, but my knee was terrible, pain the next day. But of course, I was on carpeting and tons of blankets and, and whatnot. So I, I don't think I really got 
you know, the whole idea as to what they go through. Um, but um, I, I did go without the food and I ate the rice and beans, but I have to admit I didn't make it. I had been at Wawa the day before and got my dad's soup and I saw they actually had rice and beans as a side. So I went to Wawa and I got my rice and beans. So even though I did do it, there were all there was always, you know, something that just made it easier for us here. Um, I did not get to walk yesterday. What my when my plan was to do it, it was when it was pouring, and also with my dad in the hospital, I I didn't do a lot of the reflecting as as much as um, I had hoped. But um, I did do it. It was very interesting, and um, but again, a, a lot different from what they actually go through. Thank you, Kathy. I didn't actually um, participate each day, but I did a lot of reflecting on each day. Um, I didn't do the text. I just did the reflection, and I, I, I prayed, and I thought many situations like how I just couldn't live like that and um, how uncomfortable it would be for me and um, just the hardship that I would have. But the one that really um, made me so sad is that children don't have food to eat because we could just go in the refrigerator and get food at any time that we are hungry. Sometimes we're not even hungry. We just have that, have that um, advantage. And um, I think about um, my, my children when they were small, my grandchildren, and even myself. I never, ever had to be hungry. Even when I went to bed, I was never hungry. Um, I could always have seconds. Um, if you want more, my mom said, or I say to Karen, if you want, you want more, you could eat whatever you want, just as long as you eat it and you don't waste the food. And, um, and the water was very hard for me also because when you think about it, you have bottles of water in your refrigerator, you have a cooler, like you have all the places in your house that you could go and just run tap water and it's nice and clean. You don't have um, to take a bath in dirty water. And um, it just, it kind of just breaks my heart that there are people that have to live like that. And um, I was very glad to participate in this, this uh, study, whatever you call it. <laughs> the challenge. <gar> challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mary. else here's your chance going once going twice okay just you can shut it off at the at night yeah, there you go. <clears throat> thank you all for for sharing uh, your experiences um, Again, it is very sobering when you think about all that we take for granted in this country and how richly God has blessed us um, in, in the United States of America. So um, this morning you're going to get an opportunity uh, to, through uh, World Vision to um, 
adopt a child. And so here's a small video on that. So in the back of the church, there's a table set up, <clears throat> and um, if you've been thinking about it this past week or uh, um, aware that there was going to be this opportunity and you're already uh, ready to make a commitment, then if you pick one of the children there, you can fill that form out. The preferred method of, of payment is, is through a check, okay, a voided check. If you put that, it will put that in the envelope with it, and they'll debit it from your account uh, each month. It's, it's $39 a month. Um, and so if you're ready to make that uh, commitment at this point in time, then certainly you can pick out one of those children and we can, we can get that underway. The, you can also pay by cash. You can also pay uh, through a, a credit card as well. 
but um, um, with regards to the credit cards, then they don't have to take a percentage out for the pr processing fees. Uh, if you're not sure, then what you do is you pick up one of these, okay, which they're kind of on the ends of the table there. As you're leaving, okay, you can grab one of those, give you a little bit more time to think about it, okay, and pray about it and see if this is something that God's placed on your heart to do. It really does make a huge difference in the lives of these kids, as you saw uh, on the video. And um, um, if for any of you that have already sponsored children through other organizations, you realize how wonderful it is. Because one of the things they can also, they'll also be doing for you as you go online, <clears throat> and you, they'll give you updates on the child that you, you're sponsoring, and even have the opportunity to correspond with them as well. So um, if uh, you're interested in those things, also a third option is because. Uh, we uh, sponsor Touch a Life uh, Care Center in Ghana. If you would like to um, sponsor one of the children in, in that center uh, in Ghana, you can do so by going to that, that website. Okay? Um, it's also, uh, on any, any given Sunday, in the bulletin where we say that we support Touch a Life, that, that website's there as well. So if you miss writing it down this morning, then you'll, you'll know that. Kitty and I will be back at the table there to answer any questions that you have about sponsorship of the children, and um, we'll go from there. Let's uh, close with a, a word of prayer and then some worship. Gracious Heavenly Father, I just uh, thank you for this time again this morning uh, and where we can learn about uh, how to go out and, to, and spread your kingdom throughout the world. So Heavenly Father, I just pray that you'd place it on the hearts of uh, the membership here this morning uh, and guide and direct them throughout the week to be able to further your kingdom. And I pray these things in your son's most precious name. Amen. As we, uh, we're, we're almost ready here, but I'll just mention, uh, Tim kind of alluded to it earlier, but um, the, the challenge actually goes for the next three weeks. It's a, it's a one-week challenge, but if you text that number, you can join in the challenge uh, and pick a week that you want to do it. And I really encourage you to do it. It's, um, it, it's great for changing your perspective because uh, we often don't realize how other people live. And so anyway, uh, we're going to close with a song, and we'd love you to stand and sing along with us.
so much for joining us today. I hope you have a great week.